0: The Truth or Politics podcast, episode seven: The Georgia phone call and storming of the U.S. Capitol.
1: The, the current margin is only eleven thousand seven seventy nine. Uh, Brad, I think I think you agree with that, right? That's that's something I think everyone, at least that's a number that everyone agrees on. But in in uh, Fulton, where they dumped ballots, you will find that you have many that aren't even signed. And you have many that are forgeries, okay? You know that. You know that. You have no doubt about that. And you will find, you will be at 11,779 within minutes because Fulton County is totally corrupt and so is she totally corrupt. And they're going around playing you and laughing at you behind your back, Brad, whether you know it or not, they're laughing at you. And you've taken a state that's a Republican state, and you've made it almost impossible for a Republican to win because of cheating, because they cheated like nobody's ever cheated before.
2: The truth will set you free. At least that's what I've been told. I said the truth will set you free At least that's what I've been told I've got misinformation on the left and right of me
1: And in the middle a truth. So everybody who cares about the future of this nation should turn out and vote. It's vitally important. It's absolutely important. And the reason I'm having to stand here today is because there are people in positions of authority and respect who have said their votes didn't count, and it's not true. And I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to go through all this anti-disinformation monday it's 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 whack-a-mole again it is groundhog day again i'm going to get to talk about things that i've talked about repeatedly for two months but i'm going to do it again one last time i'm hoping
0: hi everybody my name is robert I am here with my co-host.
2: Who who are you again, sir? Uh, Are you quoting the who there? No.
0: Who
1: are you?
0: You
2: You know, my my mom thought he was saying New Orleans in the background. They thought, who are you? New Orleans. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry, mom. That was early in the podcast. Throw you under the bus for something. Well, well, we
0: missed you in the last podcast, which, by the way, has has recorded our largest number of um, listens at this point we finally hit the 60s people we we feel like rock stars now and maybe that is why we talked about the who but who are you again I- identify yourself sir
2: uh my name is bradley oh Etheridge. yes oh yes bradley which ironically enough is i had covid uh which is still getting over it by the time you were recording the episode so
0: that is that is right man what's going on do you have any lasting effects you got any smell there, issues I smell, or taste
2: back, uh and I'm still sniffling, but I don't, I don't know if that's, that's just been ongoing. That could be allergies. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really didn't even, didn't even know I had COVID until I lost my sense of smell. Really? Right. Right. Uh, but I haven't been going anywhere anyway. I, I don't know where I got it. But. Right. Well, you 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 were still working.
0: I mean, yeah. even if you're wearing a mask at work, um, how do you guys do your, um, lunch practices? Are you separated pretty good at lunch?
2: Yeah, we we have a bunch of different areas, and like our lunch area is outside, and I usually go outside, and mm. uh, they got like picnic tables sort of spaced out. So, right, right.
0: Well, that's a good thing about still being in the south. You've got weather halfway decent enough to be able to do that, but I'm sure it'll get cold there eventually, right?
2: Oh yeah, it it usually hits about thirty to forty in the mornings, um, mm-hmm. which man, I still wear shorts most of the time just because I don't know, I'm I'm crazy, I guess I don't know. Yeah,
0: no, that's okay. Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for coming back and listening to us again. And uh, we had a uh, great time uh, with our last episode when we talked about COVID-19. Bradley just, of course, reminded me that he had had that. And it's been so long. Bradley and I have been talking back and forth and texting each other and doing the Messenger app. And we're still actively trying to plan uh, the episodes as much as we can and honestly, we were all set and just to talk in, in great detail about what we're calling the Georgia phone call. And, of course, that involves Trump's um, assertions that there is massive voter fraud um, based in this particular election in Georgia uh, with him and in, in specifically him. And, um, you know, the, the whole entire thing with the Capitol happened today. So Bradley, just give us a, a a summary of what's going on in, in the Capitol, what we saw just generally speaking, what, what was going on with that?
2: So, uh, I actually knew some people who went there, uh, here locally. And so basically from what I saw is there was just a big, and it seemed like a pretty substantial amount of, uh, Trump supporters who uh, were dissatisfied with the election results, uh, Uh, rightfully or wrongfully. And we'll get into that a little bit, maybe Uh, not too deep, not, not an in-depth, but we'll just mention it. Uh, And it seemed like they uh, tried to storm the Capitol. uh, And they did end up successfully, you know, getting into, I think Congress ended up leaving and uh, first they were locked in for a while. I mean, there's just a lot of crazy stuff going on and we'll talk about that more. But then there's uh, people going in Nancy Pelosi's office and, the the one bare chested guy who I think he's linked to a uh to a Odin group, basically uh uh so yeah
0: uh, what would it be the obvious um Viking horns that uh he was wearing as he was walking around? Is that the guy you're talking no, about?
2: Yeah, yeah, but he actually had uh, uh some some uh ruins on his chest, I believe. He's not like, oh, sure. I think it's like Sons of Odin. Is that the, it's sort of a white supremacist group or something like that? Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I, I didn't uh, realize that. I'm sorry.
0: I, I know, you know, <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> seeing, seeing, I'm a big, I grew up a big Vikings fan and I saw the guy with the Vikings thing, but I had no idea. You know, and that's, no, no. I, I hate to, uh, you know, they're, I tell you folks, Bradley and I are on the brink. And we are teetering with making this an explicit podcast because. <laughs> behind the scenes we're dropping so many f-bombs as we're talking to each other and that's not just because i keep messing up all of the uh production quality of not not plugging in uh wires and whatever else but you know this this whole thing has really affected us i know it's really affected you guys out there um at, at least through social media and work and people i've spoken to and And But there there are little things in here that still kind of make you uncomfortably laugh. And like to me, yeah, it was. It was this guy with the stupid Viking hat on and walking around. But now, as Bradley tells me, I mean, maybe he's actually linked to a group that is sort of a white supremacist group. And now, once again, it's like, man, that's no laughing matter.
2: Yeah. And then there was some... Of course there's like this whole situation where people are like people try to link everything and they're like oh this guy was at a Black Lives Matter protest in Arizona which and and then they I mean it's sort of like a what's what's the old to tell the truth the old you know TV show it, it, he he actually was at the Black Lives Matter but he was actually an anti-protester and he was like he had a sign that said QAnon sent me or something the Q sent me I believe uh and he was basically talking about that so he was at that one as well
0: so are, are you are you referring to this idea
2: that the sort of conspiracy? yeah, yeah, there, yeah there's there's now an
0: extra conspiracy on this that the people who actually broke into the capitol are um antifa people that are more left-wing yeah. and they're just trying to make all the the maga and whoever else people look bad. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. one of, um, that's one of the theories. Um wow. And so, so you at least know through this one thing that that one assertion has been a little bit debunked.
2: Yeah, but by certain people, and uh, and then there was also, uh, I mean, of course, the you sort of see the funny, uh, the visual of you know, even though he is a white supremacist, but it, it, there's just something inherently funny, even though it's not a funny situation. I guess people storming the Capitol, and I mean, it's sort of a scary situation in a lot of ways. Uh, and then you have the the uh the the young woman who got shot and oh, yeah. uh and died which you know takes all the levity out of the situation uh and her name was uh, Ashley Babbitt and she was a uh, I think she was a fourteen year Air Force veteran. No way. Yeah and um
0: So was she but, a protester?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah she was there of? and uh I, I really wouldn't recommend uh anybody watching the video. Uh, mm-hmm. just because of the the graphic nature of the video and and what it is, mm-hmm. uh, but because it it's pretty it's pretty uh, it's pretty violent. She yeah, she's a fourteen year Air Force veteran, mm-hmm. but it, from from the video, I'll just describe a little bit of it without yeah. Where into the where details. was she when that when that happened? Uh, I, I think they were somewhere in the Capitol building, and it looked like there was a door, and it was leading up these steps, and there was it was her, and then there were some people. Who basically were in militia-looking gear, who were also Trump supporters, I believe, and there were people, uh-huh. you know, in the more traditional MAGA hats and flags. And uh, I couldn't see it on one of the videos, but there's a video that sort of shot behind where they pan, where the camera pans looking down the staircase, Right. pans left, and right. they, there's like these two wooden doors, and the glass is broken, and it looks like she's climbing through, trying to climb through the, the glass, and the shot goes off. And she falls backwards, and she got hit in the neck. And I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the reason that maybe not. I mean, I mean, if you get shot in the neck, it's already a serious injury. Yeah. But if you watch the aftermath, you know, especially you being in the in the medical field, you, I mean, you know, if somebody gets shot in the neck, you need to put pressure on them immediately. Uh. Mm-hmm. And and I think they didn't know because was being reported that she was shot in the chest to begin with, and they mm-hmm. thought she was bleeding from her mouth but she had been shot in the neck and there was just time this yeah you know every second's crucial and yeah
0: yeah i didn't watch it i mean there certainly there could have been you know if if there was a lot of blood then you may not know where the entry wound is yeah and and not be able to give appropriate first aid yeah. and um you know and this is such a sensitive thing and and i don't i just i, I feel so horrible that it, this happened Especially somebody who I'm sorry to say, just especially because they were a veteran. I mean, they served their country, and now they think they're doing the right thing by protesting all of this stuff. But you know, in 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 no shape or form am I going to say, and Bradley will say this for himself at some point how how he feels about it too. But in in no shape or form am I going to say that these people had the right to break into our capital and and do what they did and destroy um, things within there and intimidate and, 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 um, you know, basically threaten, um, people inside, um, who were doing their civil duty to work on this election. And, you know, and the, and the thing that I was seeing was you still had those 12 senators who, um, uh, want there to still be greater investigation and, in looking into these fraud claims, And they're sort of holding up, holding up the, um, election certification process. Mm -hmm. But, you know, government has to do what government has to do. And they need to allow that, that process to happen, whether you disagree with it or not. And, and, you know, as much as has been, um, put in the media and, and, and people have come out and debunked the the things that Trump has said and disagreed with them. So, so strongly, but my goodness, the process was going on and then they still stormed the Capitol. And, um, I, I think it's, I, I guess there is some debate on how much Donald Trump's, um, message that he gave to them when he was outside of the Capitol. Um, if that stirred them to a point to where they began to become aggressive, I don't know if you can make a direct link to that, um, or not, you know, uh, he, he didn't necessarily say break down the doors, you know, and come in and take over, but he he certainly said things about, you have to continue to fight and never give up. And, and I, you know, and I think you could say that was him talking about himself. Um, he continues to fight no matter what now, again, is his fight justified? Is it legitimate? Those kind of questions. But anyway, getting back to the, the tragic death of this person, you know, what What I hate to say and what feels so uncomfortable is is what do these people think when they're in a mob and they are destroying property and putting themselves in not just harm's way, but they're creating harm's way for others. And they have people with loaded guns who are defending that, um, structure. I mean, there, there is going to be a point where um, human error is going to come through and it's going to be tragic, but maybe it isn't even human error. You know, these guys are trying to defend our U S Capitol. And as I, I don't in any way know how justified the shooting was or not, but you know, these, these people that stormed the, our U S Capitol, you know, there's certainly a lot of talk about it being a treasonous, you know, an act of terror and all these types of things. But the, the fact is, you know, Bradley, you and I can't on any normal day just go to Washington, D.C. and break in and start destroying stuff. Yeah. And, you and, know, so I'll I'll, I'll stop on all my thoughts about that. But I just, I, I don't want to get to the point of saying these people deserve what they got. That's not what I'm saying. So if anybody's th- yeah. thinking that's what I'm saying, it isn't. I'm trying to be as very sensitive about that as I can. But at the same time, this is the nature of a mob that mobs yeah. just don't think. And they do things And I want to talk about. You say some more comments. I want to talk about at least the two experiences I've had. Cause I live here in Louisville, Kentucky mm-hmm. where everybody knows there's been a lot of protesting and a lot of damage. And I've actually had two instances where I have um, firsthand seen mob activity and also seen it very close to my house. Go ahead,
2: Bradley. Uh yeah, and you know, talking about mob mentality and um there's something I think especially for people who feel they've been wronged, sort of cathartic, I guess, about uh, you know, it, it's basically like just letting out energy and uh, you know, talking about mob mentality. I mean, I'm sure you're uh familiar with psychology and the and sort of the psychological like if if people I mean it's been proven uh that people who you know may act a certain way individually as soon as they see somebody else do something or uh you know see something like that happen that they'll join in and and they sort of put their own a uh, moral compass on the back burner and they will just sort of throw caution to the wind and do whatever and i think you have a situation here where you have people who feel like that they i think some i think most of them do you know genuinely feel that they've been uh they've that they've been robbed of this election results and especially when you have President Trump even this morning talking about uh even today after that they stormed the Capitol, uh saying that he feels like the, the votes weren't you know weren't counted properly and that all the, you know this stuff he's been constantly hounding on it. Uh he even put pressure on Mike Pence and said, Hey I know Mike Pence will do the right thing and uh Mike Pence unfollowed Trump brief, briefly on Twitter. Uh and then Trump sort of said that Mike Pence was a coward for not, uh, you know, moving to decertify, you know, not certify the results. I mean, it's just sort of like, what do you expect people to do when you have, it's it's like the buildup of pressure and pressure and pressure, and there's no relief valve. And then when something, you know, when, when uh, to keep it, I guess when things do happen, you know, and it does hit the fan, uh, and you, and, and then that's, I mean, you don't want to force a relief of pressure. You want there to be natural you, you want it to be under your own control. You know what I mean? I th- I think that if Trump would have came out and I mean, I mean, if you, if you do want to, I mean, the whole thing, the whole Rudy Giuliani and, and all that stuff, you know, it was just so weird meeting outside of four seasons that wasn't a hotel, but was, you know, this weird car lot. And then he's leaking fluids. (laughs) Yeah. Then leaking. He's leaking fluids. It looks like. And, uh, what's her name? Cynthia Powell. And, Oh, she's with us. Oh, she's not with us. She's not working for Trump. Uh, and then it's just, it was all crazy. It seemed like it was just like a, a, a train wreck. Like you didn't want to turn away, but at the same time it was like, the Trump train came off the tracks, and God knows where it was going. And and at a point, you would think that anybody, you know, somebody would be like, "Okay, we're just going to cut ties and do all this." But but no, it, it it just kept building and building and building. And did I expect it to end this way? Uh, no. But did they ever even vote on? I, I'm not sure. Did they did they certify the results?
0: I started watching it and I think I'd, I'd sent you the, um, the, the message that I I was watching it on NPR and, um, had seen just the first few people make their comments. I I started at the tail end of what Pence said. And, um, you know, basically he ended with a very strong, we're going to get to work. And I'm, and then I listened to McConnell and I listened to, uh, Schumer and then a representative uh, Republican representative from our Senator from Oklahoma, and uh, you know those four people very strongly um, denounced the actions of the people who stormed the capitol so yeah, but but I don't know if they've gone that far in it or not. Um, I, I haven't kept up with it yet. I would assume it's going to happen. that may be something we'll um, check towards the end of our talk here. And but, you know, getting back to um what happened with Pence and Trump, I, I did see somewhere where someone said, you know, what's what's Trump gonna be able to do now because Pence is now turned against them or whatever. So I didn't know the full extent of that. So but yeah, I that's that doesn't surprise me at some point Pence has gotta pull the plug. And yeah. and, and I hate to say it, but um I mean they they may still be looking at what is it called? The article, the 45th article or something like that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, basically just, it, I don't know if it, if it goes to impeachment after that article, I don't even think you even have to have impeachment. Um, you simply go to a vote and say he's, he's unfit for office. And they send him a letter, and then I think what's described is he responds back, and he says, um, "Yes, I am fit for office." And then it goes back, and everybody votes if they want him in or not. And and that very well may be where they end up with this. Um, I'm not sure if it if it is or not. Um, to where Pence actually assumes the presidency for two weeks um, between yeah. you know, now and now when it happens. So, I mean, that's, that's the reality we're looking at because, you know, so many people I'm sure on, let's just say the, the, the left, you know, they want Trump out of there right now. I mean, they wanted him out Mm -hmm. for a long time and I'm sure they feel like, um, and in many cases they're probably, many cases they're probably justified somewhat to, uh, think that. And, and then you've even got some people, um, that are, you know, conservative on the right who, um, have some strong feelings about it. I don't know if they're going to go to that full extent of everything, but, um, anywho, that's, so I think what I'm going to do, Bradley, I'm going to go ahead and we are going to discuss, um, some of the things that are the claims that have been made, um, So I think what we'll do is to go ahead and we, we do want to mention some things on the the Georgia phone call and what Trump um, mentioned. And then, um, you know, what, how these uh, particular claims that he has made have been debunked by the secretary of state during the phone call or even after the fact. Um, What I found was a BBC article I put onto our Facebook site, and, um, there's, they've got a, a series of claims that Trump made and then sort of how they uh, responded to them. But, um, it, one of the first ones is one that, you know, um, surprised me, but it's, it's really just a matter of, um, statistical manipulation and what they pointed to in this BBC article was, uh, well, here's the claim.
1: Um, uh- the other thing uh, dead people so dead people voted and i think uh, the the number is in the pro- uh, close to 5000 people and they went to uh, obituaries they went to uh, all sorts of methods to come up with an accurate number and a minimum is close to about 5000 voters
0: um okay so anyway getting getting back to this this claim that trump said So dead people voted, I think the number is close to 5,000 people, and this was in Georgia, and the BBC group looked at Michigan and saw that they had claimed that 10,000 dead people voted there. And so here's here's what happened. There was a Twitter post by a Trump-supporting activist who said, here's a list of 10,000 people that are confirmed deceased cross reference with social security death index that requested and returned absentee ballots in Wayne County are these all clerical errors too question mark were not even through the whole county yet so what ended up happening was they found that um these people were not dead <laughs> And that the, the the list was sent to such a large group and they weren't even matched with the actual birth date of the, of the person who supposedly did the voting who was dead. It was simply the name of the person and the birth month. And by doing that, they were able to just sort of statistically find matches and these people ended up being dead. And then they claimed these were ones who voted. Now, what actually happened is, and to check all of this, the this BBC group went ahead and found the names of, I think at this point, what did they do? 30. They, there. they did a random sample of 30 names off of the list. And they called each one of these people. And let's see. Um, and they were able to speak directly to 11 people and they were confirmed all those people were still alive. And then for 17 other people on this list, they were able to confirm there was no public record of their death and in nothing ever mentioned. But in, according to the Trump people, these people were dead. So all they did essentially was, and I mean, I'm not giving the best uh, summary of all this, but they just simply manipulated numbers. To make it seem like the people who were legitimate voters, they matched them with people who were dead and were not even of the same birth date. And that's one of the ways they did that. It took me a long time to figure that one out, Bradley. Um, any thoughts about that?
2: So basically, I feel like there's two ways that both sides could spin this. Uh, so basically, I feel like the people who made the list are, you know, say, oh, you know, who look at it and say, well, you only looked at a small, how many names was it? Supposedly 10,000 names?
0: 10,000 names, yes, but they did They did a random they did, sample to get it started. But with they only
2: sa- they only sampled 30 to 60. What was it?
0: 30, 31.
2: 31. So they sampled yeah. 31. They said, well, I, I could see the, them saying, well, you only checked 31 out of 10,000. But then if you're on the other side, you could look at it and say, well, if they verified every single one of these, and then it comes back that thirty-one of these that were completely verified, quote unquote, came back to be wrong, then why should we have any credibility? Give any credibility to the whole list when it was supposedly completely verified all the way throughout?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and, yeah, and and I think I think the big factor for me is that they didn't even match the same birth date. So yeah. if you you know, you're, you're clearly, you're using, you're not using the same people. You're just, you're just matching those names. So that's, that's at least one of the claims that yeah. they had had. And let's see here. Um, one so, something else that Trump said, and, and this is just a, this wasn't necessarily mentioned by the BBC site and maybe we won't even go through all of those so we can save time. But this is one that I think was really telling. And it's, it's this type of bizarre, um, logic that actually isn't logic. And it was this thing that he said, and it's at the very beginning of the talk. Um, okay. Thank you very much. Hello, Brad and Ryan. Those are the various, um, secretary of state and the council for the state of Georgia. We appreciate the time and the call. This is again, Trump speaking. So we've spent a lot of time on this. And if we could just go over some of the numbers, I think it's pretty clear that we won. We won very substantially in Georgia. You even see it by rally size, frankly. We we'd be getting twenty five to thirty thousand people a rally and the competition would get less than one hundred. And it never made sense. And and he uses that constantly. And I hear that from and I see that in social media and other people talking about it, but I mean where is there any rationality to that to say that is proof that you won the election because your rallies were bigger? What do you and, think about that,
2: Bradley? And, and especially, I mean, and that would be even even before, you know, this past year. I mean, that would be a good question. But especially with this past year and, you know, living through a pandemic and and, exactly. and boasting – that you have tens of thousands of supporters at your rallies during a pandemic. Uh, I don't know. It it just seems a little tone deaf to me that he would, he would boast that. And, and I, and you know, he, and he, I just, you know, I listened to the whole call, but those first 10 minutes, he just like fires off stuff. Uh, like he says, there's a hundred thousand forged, uh, signatures in Fulton County. Uh, and he said that his certified accountants would give would give the numbers in the next few days. Current, the current margin was eleven thousand seven hundred seventy nine. Hundreds of thousands of people were turned away. Uh, four thousand five hundred two voters who voted, but were they were re, they weren't registered or on the registration list. Eighteen thousand three hundred twenty five had vacant address voters were vacant address voters. They didn't have an address written down. Uh, nine hundred four only had a PO box uh 18,000 voters at least that are, were tied to Ruby Friedman who is linked to voter fraud. I mean I mean it's just there's there's so many things like he just rattles off these numbers but it it's kind of like uh you can say whatever you want but if I mean and you can gloss over it and if nobody asks you questions it's sort of like I I guess he assumes that they'll just take it as gospel.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, wasn't that the weird thing that um it it definitely had the feel that Trump was dominating the conversation. And I think that's why so many people feel like he was intimidating them and was actually coercing them.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, It was a one hour phone call. Yeah. Yeah. One hour phone call. Guess how many minutes of that one hour phone call he spoke? Oh, 59, 59 (laughs) legitimately. He spoke 59 minutes.
0: Well, I I can't, (laughs) it's his, his dime, man. (laughs) Maybe that's it. But here, yeah, I mean, here's here's one of the things that, um, you know, the, the um said and says, well, I listened to what the president has just said. President Trump, we've had several lawsuits and we've had to respond in court to the lawsuits and the contentions. We don't agree that you have won and we don't. I didn't agree about the 200,000 number that you mentioned. I'll go through that point by point. And, and then he goes on, you know, very specifically about all the accusations that they say and, and how they have had to address these time and time again when they have prepared for their court cases. And, and we know the reality is, is that all of the attempts by the Trump group um, to get this um, uh, election uh, in the courts and say that it was fraudulent they can't even get into the court because the courts throw out the cases. They, they find there's no merit. Um, and, and really they've never had a chance. So that was another interesting thing that I thought Trump said about this call was that, Hey, we don't even need to mess with the courts. We just need these numbers to change. And we're looking at what you said, 11,779 votes that we lost by. And it doesn't matter if we win by half a million votes all we need is like one or two more votes and, and that's what we need. And and we can find this if we just look at all the things we've done. And he mentions rally size again, and he mentions all the other, you know, bizarre um, things that don't really add up to any, any true evidence. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, so do you feel like he, I mean, I don't know, man, being the president of the United States and saying what he said to these people, do you feel like at any point he coerced them to the point where he was intimidating him, and saying, I'm going to hurt you or I'm going to, um, you know, cause harm to you in, in some kind of way, if you don't do what I want you to do, did you feel like that I, ever happened?
2: I think that's taken it a step too far. Just from just from that one hour phone call. Uh I, I listened to the whole thing and I don't think he ever I mean he and, and maybe it could be that I'm looking at it through my own perspective, you know, everybody has their own little lens, they view things through. But knowing Trump as Trump, I mean it all just seemed like uh the usual stick that he has, you know, the usual stick that he that he does. I mean it didn't seem any any different to me and I didn't think he would any anything was threatening it just seemed what I really think happened is he had people make him up a list, and he goes down that list, and he does his little uh, his his side comments that he does throughout, and right. that's what happened. Yeah, right. I don't know if he if he intentionally tried to do anything like that.
0: Right. No, I I agree a hundred percent um i don't feel like he crossed i mean he crossed a line as a human being <laughs> he crossed a line as the president of the united states disrespecting and and calling into question you know uh one of our most prized um things to identify the, the free society that we live in and you know in a fair election and so he crossed all of those lines. But at the same time, I don't feel like it was – I think there was a tiny bit of um, media spin on what he asked these these guys to do for him. And I don't think it was a necessarily, if you don't do this, I'm coming after you kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. yes, he, sa- he said things like, why, why do you want to um, not – find the truth. You know, this is okay. It's okay to change your mind on this. This is all fine. If you do that, no one's going to have a problem with you guys recounting this and realizing that I actually won because I did. It's, it's all, it's all, I think it's, it's fair to say if you disagree with what he's doing, um, it's all kind of sleazy, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily criminal. I'm not an attorney. I'm sure everybody could, you know, argue various arguments on this one attorney, one way, another attorney, another, but yeah, I don't, so I don't think that's what we're trying to say with all this other than it is just the repeated attempts by Donald Trump after time and time again, all the lawsuits that he had um, uh, attempted to file and were thrown out of court. He now is is just going to basically have conversations with people and try to convince them that he won this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the fact that the people he's convincing are Republicans, you know, for me as a person who has predominantly voted Democrat but has switched over to being more moderate in the middle with uh, voting occasionally for Republicans and also for Libertarians – you know, it, it. I guess it. It made me feel good that these Republican guys were standing up to him, and and they weren't letting him push them around. But at the same time, it's like they barely talked at all.
2: I mean, he did dominate yeah. that phone call. So I'm not, I'm rambling now, but no. Any and thoughts about and that? I, I think even more so than that, uh, I think someone who who doesn't have an ego about him, who doesn't have this inflated sense of self, would. Once they see the writing on the wall, I think they would take a step back and they would say, okay, well, I see where I'm at. Uh, I'm going to work towards bettering the party itself. And, you know, I think anybody else would have done done that. And it seemed like he might have been doing that, trying to make a play for the – because there for a while he was all about, you know, those $2,000 stimulus checks. We don't want those, not this $600. And uh, and Mitch McConnell, he (laughs) – oh, man, Mitch McConnell – we won't even get into all that today, but he, he really uh, put a black eye on the Republicans as well. But it seemed like Trump was sort of making a turn, trying to appeal, appeal. And I think at that point, you know, after you lose the election and, and and the whole Rudy Giuliani weird stuff happens, I would have just really thought that, of course, I wouldn't have thought this, but I'm saying if you were, if I was in the situation and I saw I was losing and I'm the president, the current Senate president, I would have fell on my sword I'd have done whatever I could to make sure the Georgia, you know, runoffs ended up making it taking a turn, and we could at least keep the majority in the Senate. Um, so Joe Biden and his administration didn't have full reign over both, but it's like he didn't care. And so, you know, this call, this the full trans, this full call audio of this call uh, comes out a day before it came out on Monday. It came out the day before the prime, the Senate runoff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, if you look at the turnout, you know, there's a lot of these people who, you know, Trump supporters who, t- you know, like in one rural county, like, you know, one of the smallest counties in Georgia, 300 people who were registered Republicans didn't turn out to vote in the Senate runoff. And that sounds like a small amount. But, you know, you think, you know, a few hundred per county, a thousand per county who are not turning out. Uh, you know, uh, I th- David Perdue, he lost his race. Uh, he got he only got forty nine point six percent of the vote. He lost the race by thirty-five thousand votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the other, uh, uh, Warnock, he, the Democrat, won by, I think he won by, it was two million, two point one million, basically two point two million to two point two five million. Right. Uh, he still, so, still so very close. And it's so close. And, uh, and from my point of view, I think you can put that some of that blame on Trump for not. I don't feel like he did enough to, to further the party. And uh, your favorite senator, uh, Senator Rand Paul. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I do occasionally like things Rand does. Surprisingly, he, I do. He sent out this tweet. Uh, Violence and mob rule is wrong and un-American, and it will not bring about election reform. Today's mayhem sets back an intelligent debate for a generation. Uh, and then Justin Amash, who was a former Republican, now a Libertarian, what have this is the, the the important one? What have Republicans gained from Trump and Trumpism? We're witnessing the collapse of a political party, and I hundred percent agree. with Everything I've seen is like the the dying light of the of, of the Republican Party. Where do you go from here? Uh, I mean, these twelve senators who wanted to fight the results, including Tommy Tuberville, who was elected here uh, recently, the football coach is elected in Alabama. What do you, what are you getting? The guys leaving office. I mean. I just don't understand. And like he ran his whole platform. People voted for Tommy Tuberville because he ran on the platform of, I support Trump. I'm going to do whatever he does. Trump's not in office now. So what, what did you vote for? I mean, I, I, I guess you can assume he's going to be a, be a conservative, but people have pretty much went all in and, and they just, they just lost, you know, they didn't, they didn't get the, they didn't get that ace they needed for that pair on the, on the, on the turn and, and they just lost all their money. So, so, I, it's going to hurt the Republican Party in the long run. I don't know if we'll see a Republican president in the next eight years, next, you know, who, 12 years. Uh, it's just not looking good. It, it,
0: well, I think it, um, I think you're right. It's going to hurt. But uh, the the amazing thing with Donald Trump is as much as people never thought he would be able to, you know, um, become the president, and get the support that he did, he still did and and even in in the the face of all of this um, talk about election fraud and how much he's fought it, I mean, he still had all these supporters now, yeah what what is it like now after all of this you know, destruction that happened at the capitol with the Republicans and where they feel like they stand? Um, the conspiracy theories are already flying that it wasn't actually the Republicans that did it. And it was, you know, that it was actually some leftist people to make the Republicans look bad. And if that's the conspiracy theory that's out there, well, that just fits right in with the conspiracy theory about the fraud in the election. So how many people are going to buy that? It really wasn't the Republicans. And it was, and I say Republicans, it really wasn't the Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. Um, who did this and it was other people. I mean, there may be that group, you know, people are jumping off of Facebook and, and Twitter and whatever else. And going over to, what is it? Parler Parler. and some others, you know, where they can feel like they're in a more like-minded environment. I don't have a problem with somebody doing that, but it's, it's a shame because now folks are closing their ears when th- there has been some curating going on with comments that are being thrown out there, yeah, and um, you know, my, my, I talked about it with my wife today, and you know, we we mentioned the whole influence of social media in all of this, and you know, you, um, uh, let's see, I, I don't think I've never asked you, Bradley, how old are you? Uh, I'm twenty
2: seven.
0: Okay, so. How long has Facebook and everything been out there? It goes uh, 20, back at least twelve years or so, uh, right?
2: Oh, it's longer than that, I think. I joined in twenty twelve. Uh but I think it was started in maybe two
0: thousand eight. Yes. Actually two thousand two thousand eight, two thousand seven is when I started doing the hospital work. And um and I remember getting onto Facebook primarily because of doing that and I wanted to like network. Yeah. And I remember being on a bike ride and talking about it with somebody. And, um, so yeah, somewhere around there. So it's probably anywhere yeah. between 12, 13 years
2: old. Yeah. It started and... in 2004, but it didn't really gain prominence. Wow. Seven, 2008. That long. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, um, you know, the,
0: the thought is how much has this, the social media, Driven to this, if you have seen the, um, the, 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 docudrama about the, what is it? The social situation? What is it? Uh, social, social dilemma.
2: Social dilemma. Yeah.
0: Social dilemma. You know, you might believe that the, uh, companies are really targeting all of your, your interactions so that they can continue to be able to identify what you would be to them as a consumer and so they link you together, but it isn't even just you buying things as much as it is linking you with like-minded people or even people they kind of feel are going to help you make them make money. That's sort of in that, that particular story. And so did a lot of these groups form together because of the ease of this information transfer in photographs and videos and whatever else along the way. I mean, possibly. You know, I mean, I guess it's all possible that those things were were certainly an influence of it all. Um, I will jokingly say what I've been doing lately, and I think it's been funny because, you know, Facebook always wants to suggest um, friends for you. And I have been, um, as much as I can, I've already got, I mean, you know, a core group of friends, but at the same time I've got somewhere around 500 or so Uh, People who, because of work and other things that I've done with the spinal cord injury community and Wounded Warriors and whatever else, I've got a lot of people that I've friended and I like to keep in contact with. But then, you know, past that, I don't have too many other people that I know who I'm going to friend. One of these days, I'm going to feel comfortable enough to um, try friend request your wife because (laughs) I love the comment she makes a lot of times on things. When I see it, but I still feel like, yeah, she's, I've never really met her. So can I really do that? Anyway, that's just a little side note, but no, I keep, I keep removing these friend requests Mm. and over and over and over. I think I've removed probably about 300 now and I'm seeing so many different people coming through there (laughs) and I know I'm 55, but I'm now seeing a friend request for 80 year olds (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's just cracking me up because I've exhausted their, their capability for them to try to match me with people. And it's really, to me, I feel like I'm breaking Facebook a little bit by doing this. So that's just an aside. Anyway, Bradley, what, what do you think about, I don't know if we need to talk about the the social network, you know I mean? The social media, um, causing
2: some of these issues or wh- where do you want to go with this conversation? You know, talking about social networking, uh, how, how about we... Do, let's just get out of the brass taxes situation. And, I mean, let's look at this from the uh, the 10,000 feet perspective or wh- whatever the, the bird's eye view here. Um, so, you have Joe Biden, who is arguably the worst Democratic candidate in at least the past 40 years or so. That's, that's completely my opinion. But, I mean, he... So look, Walter Mondale, in 1984, he only won one state, Minnesota, is that right? And and then four years later, you have Joe Biden, who ended up getting booted out of the election because he, you know, he had some made some blatant lies, you know, had some things that he said were they were completely not true. That he pretty much got ran out on a rail, thought his Democratic aspirations were over. Uh, he comes back, he's you know the VP for Obama and all this stuff, and all of a sudden people just, I guess. Pull a Pontius pilot, wash their hands of all that situation, and they accept him back, I guess. And, and then you have Kamala Harris, who uh, I'm sorry, Kamala Harris, who is his VP, who finished fourth out of all the candidate, the Democratic candidates. Like she, she did abysmal in most states, Uh, and that's the ticket Trump ran against. And and then on, t- I mean, it, this this should have been a landslide, and I think if he just if he just you know, if he if he doesn't if he's not Donald Trump, he wins this ele- this re-election easy. And I'm sure you would disagree with me on him being the worst uh, Democratic candidate. But but I mean, I just don't see how Trump loses this re-election. About I understand completely how he does. But if you just 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 back up, you know, if if you're if you're up a couple touchdowns, you know, don't wor- don't worry about scoring points. Play some defense, man. I mean that's all you got to do. Just take take a couple of knees, uh. Just just don't be Donald Trump for like four months, and 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 let the pan handle the pandemic, man. I mean that's all you got to do in this situation. And, and I feel like also the narrative like with the whole situation where oh these 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 Republican electors, you know these twelve senators are are trying to you know derail the process. They're derailing the process. They're wanting to hold up the election results. The Democrats did the same thing in 2016. You never hear about it. They had objections with Alabama. Uh, there are a couple other states, which I don't know why you'd have objections with Alabama. But anyway, it was all over the Russian collusion, spies interfering, which turned out to be uh, I, I think there was less merit than they thought. But you never hear a bit about that. And instead of made it, making the intellectual arguments that the Republicans t- just stoop the lowest they can, and they and they go to they resort to name calling sometimes. And, and especially, you know, the, the president resorts to name calling. He he says, well, I didn't, you know, there's votes to, hey, find me more votes. You, you can't be called on recording saying find 11,780 votes. You can't do that. You just can't do that. Like <laughs> instead of making the intellectual, taking the high road, man, and making people think about things. And actually, uh, it, it just don't make sense to me Why why you don't, why you wouldn't want to do that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Am I missing something here? Well, I think, yeah. I mean the,
0: you know, the, the Biden factor, I mean, I I still just remember that vividly when he was running and, and and the plagiarism scandals, plagiarism scandals. And, and I didn't even know about the, the things that he had said about his placement in his, uh, his college classes and law school and, all that other type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I came out of an academic setting. I went to college. I got a master's degree. Plagiarism is a major no, no. And oh, yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah. major no, no, you know, you, you get, you get kicked out of school for that stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's no, it's done. It's it's a, you know, it's the, the only other thing you can do evidently is misspell a word too many times. Cause I did that once and I hit two, I hit the, the, (laughs) the margin and I had an automatic F on my paper because I misspelled it. Now, this is why you should never write a paper at three in the morning (laughs) Uh, and, and also not write it back in the day when you didn't have a computer and you had to actually do your own like spelling and, and check everything. But, um, you know, I mean, plagiarism is serious. So when Biden did all that stuff, yeah, I mean, I, I gave up on him. And I was surprised he was still even a Senator. I mean, he rolled through that. And then when Obama um, selected him to be his vice president, I thought, okay, I can get Obama need someone who is connected uh, within the, within the Senate. And, and evidently Joe is, is a likable enough guy that within the Senate um, he's got still some respect. And, and I don't know if it's because so many of these guys have been caught lying about their, their resumes. And yeah, you know, I'm just joking about that, but maybe that's the case. But you know, some of these people who worked with him in his cabinet who are Republicans, um, have all said really good things about him. And, um, so I, I think he's a likable person. And, um, there were times, um, you know, in the past when I felt like he was a more vibrant and um, tougher, you know, kind of guy than what Trump was. And and so I kind of liked that comparison, yet I didn't necessarily um, buy it all from Biden. Because, again, he's a politician and he's very wealthy and um, for whatever reason. But, no, I, I don't necessarily think he's one of the worst. I mean, I know um, uh, Michael Dukakis was horribly uh, made fun of. Um, when he got in that tank and he was so small, and, yeah. you know, you I couldn't, remember. you could barely see him and, and, um, so maybe that's the case, but, but I, I agree. So I'm rambling a little bit, but I agree with you. And again, another thing, um, you know, I mean, uh, talking with my wife who's conservative and, um, you know, but she just said, it's like Trump got in his own way. It's just obvious if he just had stuck to course, just like you said, Bradley stuck to the course and handled the, the, the pandemic and, and didn't, you know, I mean, he got caught for gosh sakes. He got caught, you know, admitting to Bob Woodward about how he was lying to people, um, because he wanted the economy not to tank and, you know, he's got audio of that and he bounces back through that. It doesn't, it doesn't ruin him. So he still has a chance to win this thing. If he, like you said, doesn't become Donald Trump and, and, you know, and, and so what, if for whatever reason, you know, the, the, the collective consciousness of America, um, came through and they voted in higher numbers and, you know, I, I certainly, you know, will go, I don't think I'm going out on a limb. I believe the election results. I don't believe that it's fraudulent. Uh, I feel like these people and, and, partially again, because they're Republicans who are doing most of the certifying of these elections in their States, you know, these guys don't mess around that, that guy from Georgia who keeps getting um, interviewed and, and talks about how, um, you know, everything was done on the up and up. That guy is tough. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, uh, I just lost my... There he is. Uh, Gabriel Sterling. When Gabriel Sterling has been interviewed, he is the person who is called the voting systems manager. And when he has been interviewed and he shows point by point by point how the the Trump assertions are fraudulent and their, and their assertions, not that the election is fraudulent, but they are... Wrong, um, you know it. Uh, the guys, and, and you know this guy has said, "I voted for Trump. I am a lifelong Republican. I voted for President Trump, but I'm doing my job as an elected official to make sure this is a justice, you know, a just election." So, uh, there it is. I mean, and and now let's let's bring it back out of the, the Georgia phone call. Um, we we realize what went through all of that. Um, surprisingly, it sounded like those guys were still going to meet with Trump's team. Um, the very next day, that's the way he ends it with, can you guys meet together uh, tomorrow, Ryan? And they're like, well, we'll talk to our attorneys. We'll find out what we can do. And it wasn't going to be over any, you know, monstrous number, but it still might be enough to where Trump gets the votes that he wants. And surprisingly, those guys say they're and you know, so after everything, they denied him then for them to still say, yes, there's still one more thing we could look at. That still makes me feel like they're doing everything on the up and up Mm -hmm. because they realize there is something that he's saying that should be looked at. Yeah. But now let's bring this to where we are. And that is what happened at the Capitol. And you know, what, what do we feel like Donald Trump's role was in causing something like this to happen. You know, we're, we're two guys, we're doing this political podcast. We talk about, um, and, and by the way, did you see my, my Facebook post about how the karate kid stole my line? Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> so everybody knows our, our tagline is, you know, there's two sides to every story. They said there's three sides because that's what, um, the, the other character Ally character corrected them to. But you know, there's your side of the story, there's their side of the story, and in the middle lies the truth. And so I mean <laughs> what role did Trump play to make this thing happen? Uh what do you think, Bradley?
2: Well, um I, I don't I, I just come out and say it. I really think that the blood of the blood of that woman is on his hands, man. Uh mm. I, I think he, he instantly he sort of instigated the thing as I talked about earlier, even if it wasn't directly. I mean, even today, if you look at his Twitter, like what he, I mean, he never tweeted until after somebody was shot. You know, he didn't tweet anything about, hey, you know, uh, let's not, you know, let's not do this. In fact, he even tweeted, there. these are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously uncere- and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly. And' unfairly treated for so long, go home with love and peace, remember to stay forever and that was at five o'clock, really, but I mean he he throws in the go home with love and peace, but i I don't know it it's just like he waits until after everything and that and then he posted a video that ended up getting right. taken down that was sort of uh, i think twitter that where he told people to go home, but you know how you go home you know he was sort of I, I don't know man, like you can't expect to Push people and push people and push people. It, it, it's sort of like the old schoolyard bully and, and, you know, who just picks on you every day. You know, they do something uh-huh. to you every day, every day, every day. And eventually you just hit them. And then they're like, man, where did that come from? I didn't see that happening. You know, I didn't see that coming. It's like, because it's they're, like all... they're,
0: cause they're so out of touch with reality.
2: Yeah. Right? And you have all the circumstantial evidence and all this stuff building up where people people it just happens and then and then people are surprised about it and and I'm not saying it's not only Donald Trump who does this it happens all the time mm-hmm. uh but I think this is just the most recent uh time it happened it, it's happened and this and he's also done this multiple times you know uh sort of instigated things without instigating things in a way right um right and man I I just really think uh I don't know man I I think well, that he he's he's at least partially to blame for it uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that if, if he's not prosecuted, I don't, I don't know if you can prosecute him for, for it. I, I, you know, I don't know if you, if they'd want to touch that, but I would at least say, uh, I would be for the moving forward with an impeachment process for this whole fiasco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what you do with the 12 senators who did it because, uh, even some of the I was looking through Twitter today, just to look at stuff like even like Ted Cruz, who, uh, I worked for the Ted Cruz campaign at one point when he ran for president in 2016 and and then he was on the whole bandwagon of we're not certifying these results and and don't get me wrong like stuff like Pennsylvania what they did in Pennsylvania where they circumvented the uh the the you know the the state legislature and the Supreme Court the Pennsylvania Supreme Court made a ruling to change election laws is is illegal uh you know and during a pandemic I meant what, what, what do you, how do you go about that? You know, should, should Pennsylvania count? Uh, I, I don't know, but obvi- obviously they didn't, you know, the courts weren't able to take it. None of the courts took it and the Supreme court didn't take it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what their play was to just keep pushing this. Um, but even today, Ted Cruz just waited. he you know, he didn't until today, um, you know, saying this was violence is always unacceptable. Even when passions run high, Anyone engaged engage in violence, especially against law enforcement, should be fully prosecuted. Uh, God bless Capitol Police, and you know so on and so forth. But but you know, and it's sort of funny that not funny, haha. But I guess it's sort of ironic. Culeter, yeah, yeah, is a better word. That that the pro police people are now like, uh, yes. so just attacking police, and then and then you have leftists who are like, man, I, I can't wait for this police to get these people and. I don't know man there there's it's it's it, the irony in it uh is sort of hard to see through you know through through the in in lot of what has happened today um well yeah let, I, let me let me jump in because I I completely
0: agree with how it seems like roles have reversed and I think if you if you go back to 2016 and 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 then thereafter, I mean, you know, yes, the Trump administration has done some things to put sanctions on Russia. But at the same time, I think you have to be absolutely blind to not see that um, Trump favors Putin and speaks of him not in as much of a stern, cautionary light as other presidents have. You know whether it's you know George W. Bush or Obama or whoever it is in 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 me um growing up with the threat of the Iron Curtain and nuclear war and all these types of things, I mean I grew up always being leery of russia and i'm not I'm not trying to say this about Russian people necessarily, but just policies of the government that yeah are, you know, subject to horrible things. And, you know, it it was very bizarre that all of a sudden a lot of conservatives fell in line with Trump and allowed him to be so supportive of Russia where now all of a sudden more liberals denounced Russia. Mm -hmm. And not that liberals probably liked Russia to begin with, but we weren't the party you know, at that point they weren't the party of the, the folks who did that type of thing. And they weren't the party that supported the military necessarily. That was always the the badge of honor that the Republicans carried when then Trump has his issues with saying things about the military. And whether he did or he didn't, that's the whole, you know, Atlantic article that we covered and I think it's pretty clear that he probably did. And, and just like you said now, and I said the exact same thing to my wife, it's like, look at this. I mean, these people are typically the ones who say we need more law enforcement. We need better, you know, safety in our streets. Trump, you know, claims he is the, the, the policeman's, you know, president and all this type of stuff. When then you see these supporters confronting and mocking, um, the, the police, and, um, you know, and it's just, it's just such a bizarre role reversal. And, you know, uh, I, I, I think it's, you know, I, you know, I don't know where the world is these days with saying you're liable and slanderous and whatever else it is with us with the podcast. We're just two guys doing a podcast I don't, and we've got, you know, 64 people <laughs> who listened to our last podcast. So we're not setting the world on fire but we do appreciate everybody who is listening. And, (laughs) but you know, I, I, you know, I'm with you. I think that in some particular way, this, this death of this woman is influenced by the actions of Donald Trump. And, and maybe not exactly what he said today, but what he has done, like you said, more eloquently than me, it is built up over time all these things have come to a head and now you've got now you've got a situation where you have all those people who are together and it ends up becoming a mob. And you know they, they're looking for they're in a pressure cooker, they're looking for an outlet, and and in some cases now they feel like it's their duty to go and storm the Capitol. And I got to tell you, for me, you know, whether it's I I never got to serve in the military, I got hurt. And honestly, I I would never pass a military physical. I've still got to do, you know, Olympic weight training and be a coach and all these kind of heavy, hefty, you know, virile athletic things. But I couldn't um, do what I wanted to do to serve my country. And that's always kind of bothered me. but, But I still feel like I'm very patriotic. And, you know, from, from being a, a little, uh, Cub Scout and Weeblo to being the guy who was the, um, uh, the safety patrol captain. And I got to use to fold the flag, um, and put the flag up at the beginning of the day and take it down at the end of the day. And I just loved doing that as a kid. And my wife knows I did, I, f- I forgot to grab it, but I've got one of my USA hats actually uh, that's hanging over in a corner there. She knows that I love wearing all kinds of u s a gear, and I can always get up for it and But to see these people who how did they find a freaking scaffolding hanging off the edge of the capitol yeah and then they and maybe they didn't know, and maybe the the reporting was wrong, but it sounds like they were trying to break into the windows of Mitch McConnell's office somehow they knew this. And they're waving Trump flags and they're throwing American flags off the scaffolding. Now, was this every single person who was protesting? No, but it was these idiots on the scaffolding who were doing this. And so now all of a sudden you've got Trump flags. You don't have American flags. You've got Confederate flags that are now making their way into the White House and they're running around parading all this stuff. And oh my gosh, it's just so disrespectful to our country. Where where the you know the bitter irony—it's not bittersweet—but the bitter irony of all of this is that this is seemingly what Donald Trump wants. He wants Donald Trump to be—I'm you know, going to use my German here—über alles. You know that was the the phrase that Hitler used and the, the Prussians used. It was Deutschland über alles. It's it's Germany over everything, and I feel like it's Trump over everything in Trump's mind. He is a megalomaniac. He wants everything to go his way, and he will take every single possible outlet to make himself not be a loser because we all know he doesn't like losers. You um, mean, we'll say those kind of things. So, yeah. but, but let me just, before I forget about it, I wanted to um, just say briefly, you know, we're, we're talking about mobs and, and what they do and how they become unthinking. And, and here in Louisville, we had, of course, the, the horrible um, Breonna Taylor shooting and death. And, and now, you know, in, in here that, that story is ramping up again. Some of the officers now are getting fired. There's a new police chief that's been hired. Ironically, she got hired out of Atlanta right after some scandal happened there. So that's going to be a bizarre one. But I have experienced one small instance of a mob being protesters at one point, but then turning into kind of a mob And it was literally at just a a soccer game that I was at where they basically cornered all the exits so that we couldn't get out of the stadium unless we went through them. And what they had were their patented, um, and again, these were people who were protesting. Uh, They were not identifying themselves as Black Lives Matter. Um, They were just simply protesters there. And, um, and they had their disrupting, um, bull horns and whistles and all these things they were doing and they enduring, but you know, it's the thing is they, they targeted an um, a facility where every single soccer player took a knee during the national anthem. Um, they had moments of silence throughout it for Brianna Taylor, for George Floyd. Um, you know, it, there couldn't have been you know, a more socially responsible sporting event, I think, that I've ever been to at that moment. But it still wasn't enough for these people who were this mob. And here I am leaving the game with my wife and my mother-in-law. And we're having, you know, clear water bottles that are full of chlorine and urine who are being being lodged at us. And, and I think they ended up getting lodged at us primarily because we were near a, um, a sheriff's deputy and there were some state troopers that were there too. So these people, I think because they simply couldn't rile up the group enough, started getting physical and throwing things and you could see them taunting the police and yelling and cursing at them and, and waving them to come at them. And, and so again, this is just, you know, the mob mentality and it feel like they were trying to make a riot happen. Now I realize I'm talking about the group that's kind of like the non make America great again, the non Trump group. And, and in another protest, I did see when it was being completely, um, peaceful, this was a protest that was less than a mile from my house there was a standoff with the police. The police had stopped them from going any further. There was a line of people who were with the right there on the line with the police. It was completely peaceful. There was nothing wrong happening. And then all of a sudden a group of about six men storm up through the crowd and are running up to it and start shoving the people who are in the front and are near the police and shove them into the police. And so that is when all of a sudden some violence started and the police had to subdue the people who got basically pushed into that. And then what do you see? I see all this on TV. I mean, and I know the area really well. So it was easy for me to see exactly what was going on. And, and then those, the guys who did that ran away. So they came in, pushed these people. And then now what do they get? They get their moment on TV where the protesters are in handcuffs They're sitting on the ground and, you know, it's just this, this horrible mob mentality. And so where they hadn't been destroying anything, next thing you know, windows are getting broken out and, you know, so I think we're, you know, I I don't want to, I'm not trying to give equal time to the make America great again crowd. And then the black lives matter and whoever else Antifa or whoever else it was, who was here doing these types of things, I'm not trying to give equal time. I was trying to see, I've seen it. I've been in it firsthand and the, you know, I wasn't afraid, but I was super concerned and I wanted to go into action, you know, to protect my wife, to protect my mother-in-law. And you feel pretty helpless when you're like that. Now, put this into this context of all of these people who are there at the Capitol and they start breaking through and you can see scenes when they're coming into the Capitol building and the security guards there and whoever else they are, Capitol police are literally trying to push them back and hold them, hold the line so that they don't storm into the Capitol. And you know, I just can't even imagine what that is like for those people who are doing that. Yes. It's their job. Yes. They took, you know, an oath to serve, protect all that kind of stuff, but that's so much to ask of somebody to go through that kind of trauma. And it's really tough. And so my, my last comment is that I, I, I sort of picked the brains of some law enforcement people that I know And, you know, and, and try to find a feeling because I felt like the Capitol should have been better protected. Did you get that feeling, Bradley? You feel like, like, why was this group allowed to get in there and and do what they did? Did you feel like it should have been better protected?
2: Yeah. Uh, and, and I think. I saw I saw a lot of stuff. Speaking of you know Black Lives Matter, I saw a lot of people posting today that hey, if this was Black Lives Matter, they'd have been shot. There'd be dead bodies all over the stairs of the of the Capitol. Uh, you know there wouldn't be a, a soul alive. All this stuff, and and this could completely be a race thing. I'm not saying that it's not a race thing. I don't want anybody to think that I'm not uh, I'm not implying that there's not still racial problems. Uh, but I think with the Black Lives Matter. I think that they had actually time to get people to the Capitol, get, you know, uh, military police there if they needed it. And they, they got, uh, you know, the, the reinforced barricades to sort of lock everything down where I'm not sure if they thought, if they knew what was going to happen today, because it seemed like a am almost, I, I didn't, did you see any military police there? I didn't, I don't
0: no from what, from what I understand I it was, it was all DC police. Yeah. and And everybody at least you know is is this a true story? I think it probably is they They were all under the impression that this was going to be a peaceful protest now, yeah. you know I am a worst case scenario kind of guy and and the few times is you know, my brother was in law enforcement he 's retired, so i have been talking to him about it he 's one person i'll mentioned that I spoke to about it, and you know and and i have um I can't say I have a military mind or a police, you know, law enforcement kind of mind, but I have been in some events where I've helped with security and I've, you know, done bouncing at at various places. So I, and and maybe even just being a lifeguard, I always had safety in mind, but I I can't imagine if you think you're going to have upwards of a couple hundred thousand people that were there, isn't that kind of what the total was? Somewhere around like 100,000 yeah, or more?
2: They're, 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 I mean, it, So if
0: you yeah. think you have that many people, my first question to me, and this may be completely unrealistic. My first question, you know, that I would ask is, is my, is my capital secure? You know, what are they near and how can I secure this area? And, you know, there, there are tons of people um, that I sp- had spoken to had said, you know, there are many, many, many large events that take place in Washington all the time. And they constantly, you know, have to deal with these types of things, but they also don't typically go bad. And so I can see how, and I think they, they could see how they were adequately prepared for what they normally prepare for. Um, but it just went out of hand. And yeah, I just, I just wish it wasn't the case. i I just, uh, you know, for me, I just feel like I wish there were so many more people there who are ready for it. But is that then um, possibly making these people think that they are, are want to go do this or, you know, you you're inciting them because you're having so many preparations. I don't buy that. I mean, I'm going to secure that thing as much as I can. I'm going to protect my U S capital. And I'm not going to let people go in there and destroy, you know, hundreds of years of tradition that we have of being, you know, one of the best countries in the, in the world. So anyway, there, there's my yeah. rambling.
2: Yeah, and but but just from looking at pictures, it seemed like you know there's no military police there. Uh, they had they looked like they had those little flimsy, you know, barricades like it's like an independent wrestling show or something, right? Right. Uh, compared compared to like those big ones, like something like Kiss would have the reinforced ones, like right before the stage. You know, it it just seems like they they didn't they didn't expect to happen what happened, and and it's I, I don't know who if it was a small group or if the entire group did it, but you know you know how moms work. Like even just a few people storming the Capitol, sort of t- taking things, and uh, and even the it's been deleted now. I can't find it. Uh, but the the woman who was killed even mentioned the night before talking about going to the Capitol and saying that you know they they'll right this wrong and and that you know I think mm. there was a statement about uh, the light the dark will become light or something like that it was real sort of cryptic in a way mm-hmm. um, but it didn't seem I don't know if it seemed threatening per se but it was right. sort of like uh, this so do we, sort of... do we think do we
0: think our guess is. So this this kind of absolves Donald Trump from today's discussions. Do we think our guess is then that somewhere in this group, they, somebody in there was planning on storming the Capitol, and and causing a physical confrontation? Do you think that's a possibility? I think I think it's at least a possibility. Yeah, that, um, that some people went there with that in mind.
2: Yeah, I, right? I definitely. Wouldn't put that past, especially, you know, if 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 you think that, uh you know, if you really do think that the government, you know, that this Democratic Republic that, that we have is being, you know, undermined and that that we could lose it, uh which I think is some people's perception, you'll do anything you can. And it's sort of, uh you know, talking about bitter irony, like you're talking about earlier, it's sort of ironic that the people who think that they're saving the Republic are, are really sort of almost uh, killing the Republic in some ways yeah. could, could be conceived yeah. as that. Yeah. Um, well,
0: it, it's, it's that bizarre again, um, you know, uh, double, double edged sword of revolution. Yeah. You know? I mean, what, what did we do when we had our, our revolution against the British? You know, um, there were many people who were loyalists with the British and didn't yeah. want things to change where the others did. And, you know, and, and yeah, but it's just, it's, it's such a, again, such a strange disconnect with me, with some people I know and how they have continued to support the idea that the election was fraudulent. And, and I at least have tried my best to believe it or not, but in, in many cases, believe what they said. I've gone out on purpose to look and see what these assertions are and and to find support for them. Mm -hmm. And in nearly every case, um I mean it's been to my uh what I wanna say, my uh my satisfaction that these these ideas have been debunked and Mm -hmm. and they're really just kind of conspiracy theories. And, and the, the crazy thing, man, is that some of these are so well crafted, like the mm-hmm. way that they manipulated the statistics of the 10,000 people in Michigan or the 5,000 people. And they manipulated those statistics in a certain way that they could find actual numbers and, and play around with them. And, 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 you know, and sometimes I get really paranoid. I got to admit and think was this guy who was on Twitter, who said this thing about the 10,000 Um, you know, voters who were dead, um, was this guy a plant, you know, was it, was it a plant by the administration to start this ball rolling? I mean, you know, there are people who are paid, I don't think it's outrageous for me to say this, who are paid to be social media gurus for certain companies to float out ideas so they can start, you know, the ball rolling for whatever Mm -hmm. it is, the campaign they want to do. I don't think it's you know unusual account, but I'm I'm speculating a ton on this. But for yeah. whatever it whatever it was, this guy could have just said this, and then someone in the Trump campaign said, "Yeah, I can work with that. You just mm-hmm. give me give me a second here. I can manipulate these statistics easily, because they know you know population statistics and social security statistics, yeah, and they can do it." So, um, uh, yeah,
2: anyway, I th- I, th- I think we, you know, that we've, we, we've sort of, we've stated facts, we've gave, gave opinions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we've really run the gambit on this. And sometimes it's, you know, I mentioned this at the beginning, and I guess it's fitting that we'll mention at the end, it's sort of cathartic to, to talk about things, talk through things, to process them ourselves, because I don't know if you've been like me, but. I've been maybe to an unhealthy level just sort of looking at the news constantly today, just looking constantly at Twitter, uh, you know, the news sites and all this, just seeing if there's any updates, what's going on, seeing videos, pictures from the Capitol, uh, just to just to see what's happening. And, uh, maybe the best thing to do is talk through it. Uh, and if you don't have anything else, Robert, I thought about ending with a tweet, uh,
0: yeah. No, you you can please feel free to go ahead and say that. Um, I was looking through just some of the comments. You know, we did have some people who, I apologize. We had some people who wanted to join in and give us some phone calls. And I did not give you the correct phone numbers. And um, I wanted to just real quickly say the correct number to reach us. If you have any comments and you can contact us even after this podcast, but it is six, six, two, three, seven, four, zero, seven, seven, eight, six, six, two, three, seven, four, zero, seven, seven, eight. Bradley, go ahead. Take us out.
2: All right. We'll end with the, uh, this got. We actually got this from a Twitter user. Uh, it's at real Donald Trump, uh, This is Donald J. Trump. He's on July 27th, 2020. He's tweeted, and I quote, "Anarchist agitators, or protesters who vandalize or damage our federal courthouse in Portland or any federal buildings in any of our cities or states will be prosecuted under our recently reenacted Statues and Monument Act. Minimum of 10 years in prison. Don't do it at DHS government.
0: You really pulled that one out, didn't you? Yeah. You're good for that. That's good stuff. Uh, I mean, it's not good, but it certainly <laughs> is. Well, we'll see. I mean, you did see people there on the ground that they had caught, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and and apprehended. And uh, there is a ton of video with all these people. So oh, it's yeah. very interesting to find out how many can be done. But there had to be at least, at least a thousand people. They had gone in that Capitol, right? Based oh, on yeah. at least the pictures that that I was seeing outside of it, um, inside of it. Now maybe there weren't a thousand inside, but mm-hmm. on the outside, uh, you know, going over the grounds where, um, you know, if he gets sworn in, Joe Biden's going to be there accepting mm-hmm. the uh, nomination and what or not the nomination Yeah, yeah, so, uh, true, well, true, because yeah. of
2: COVID. But there was even a weird thing I saw where they'd. The, the, the protesters had broke down the windows to get in and then they, they were marching between the red velvet ropes. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. It was, I was like, what the,
0: they had to have some order.
2: Yeah. i to have a
0: little bit of order. That is hilarious. Okay. Uh -uh. Well, Bradley, thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, thank you for being tolerant of all my issues with my recording my my favorite microphone died on me, uh, I guess it was just a couple nights ago, and I couldn't get it to work. And then we're trying to get things going tonight, and we're all set, and I got the new microphone, and I'm jamming, and it doesn't work again. And I'm going through my system check, and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't plug it in. So <laughs> we, he he tolerates me a lot, folks. So thank, thank him, if you ever have a chance to do that, for tolerating me. In my fledgling attempts here to produce a podcast and um i i I appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast and gives us feedback and uh yeah i mean we we want this podcast to grow um it's 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 it is truly just a labor of love at this point um we don't really put things out week you know week after week after week, but uh just like we'd said, we really thought we were going to go in depth with the Georgia phone call kind of like we did with the election results and the Atlantic article. And as, as it turned out, these other events happened and we just had to jump on them. So, um, if you feel like this podcast isn't necessarily the tightest edited one that we've had, um, my goal is to get this out as soon as I can. So I'm hoping I'll get this out tomorrow so people can have it. There may be a few little flaws here and there, but, uh, bear with us. We just want to get this out to you guys. And, and again, Feel free to contact us. Um, let us know what you feel. And the reality is, just like we said, um, there are two sides to every story, people. This is this couldn't be truer today as it ever was. Um, there is your side of the story. There is the other person's side of the story. And in the middle is the truth.
1: My favorite word is the word. The word. Isn't it a beautiful word when you think of It, it just covers everything. words I have the best words words matter a lot and I got the point across are false. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. I'm not going to continue trying to respond to these repetitions of the falsehoods that have already been stated here. Read my lips. No new taxes. Our politics seems more vulnerable to conspiracy theories and outright fabrication. We choose truth over facts. Some of the most dishonest people in media are the so-called fact checkers. We will keep this promise to the American people. If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor, period. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan, period. Just totally distorting everything possible concerning the facts.